0: Take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one. I'm going to be looking at verse eight in just a few moments. There was a rescue squad that was established out close to the sea. And their job was to go out and to, to rescue people when they got in trouble on their ships or their boats or whatever. And it it turned out to to be a a very needed thing. It turned out to be a very good thing. And they did a lot lot of rescues. And they were successful. And because they were successful, you know, people began to notice and say, this needs our support. And so, you know, they began to get donations. And they were able to build a nice building to house their equipment and to, you know, have a place where they met to train. And... Things went along pretty well for a while, and they continued to go out and to perform rescues of people on the sea that were in uh, difficulty. And then you know, the donations kept coming in, and so they decided to enlarge their building a little bit, and they put down good flooring, and they added a kitchen, and they put in a TV, and they had some nice furniture, and something began to happen. More and more, it was used as a social hall, and less and less is training for rescues. And when there was a need for rescues, fewer of the members would show up to go out and rescue people. Now, things like that happen to our churches, don't they? Well, in one sense, we are rescue stations. We're supposed to rescue people from hell and to heaven, and yet it's easy for us to get comfortable to start investing our resources in what is beneficial to us, and to forget the mission that we're supposed to have. After Jesus had been crucified for our sins, after He had been buried, after He had been raised, He met with His disciples over a period of 40 days. And then it came the time for their very last meeting. And the disciples knew that, you know, Jesus was going to speak to them one last time. He had told them to meet Him in a certain place, and so they did. You know, sometimes we hang on to the last last words that a person says before they leave this earth. So Jesus was going to share His last words with His followers. Now, when they got together, they had a question for Jesus. Lord, are you going at this time to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said... That's not the important issue. You don't really need to know that. But then he told them what they did need to know and what they did need to do. And that's in Acts chapter one, verse eight. Jesus said, "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth." The last thing Jesus said to us is that we're going to be His witnesses. That we're going to share Him close to home, a little further away, and around the world. We're going to be participating in things that help to share the story of Jesus and why He came and what He wants us to do. Now, He's concerned about salvation. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. And so He gives us the the commission to go and be witnesses, to go and tell people so that they could come to the place where they have their sins forgiven and have eternal life. And we know the why of the need for that. It's simple. First of all, we are sinners. In Romans chapter 3, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us sin. All of us think evil thoughts, have evil attitudes, do bad things, do hurtful things. All of us do. We are sinners. And the dangerous thing about that is that sin leads to death. In Romans 6:23 it says, For the wages of sin is death. Sin pays a wage, and the wage is death. You know, there are just certain things that are inevitable. You know, one thing causes another. You know, you fall off the top of a building, what's going to happen? Gravity's going to operate, and it's going to pull you to the ground. You stick a match to gasoline, what's going to happen? You're going to have a fire or an explosion. It's just inevitable. Sin inevitably produces death. That's what sin produces. The wages of sin is death. God is holy and just and must punish sin. Ezekiel chapter 18 we read, The soul that sins is the one which will die. Sin produces death. 1 John chapter 5 we read, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Sin produces death, and unless we avail ourselves of the remedy, we die eternally. We end up in hell. Now, God made provision for our sin. And you know how. He did it through Jesus. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, should not die, should not end, but have everlasting life. We know the provision. We can turn from our sin, ask Jesus to forgive us, and because He died on the cross for us, He will. And He will give us the gift of eternal life. Not something we deserve, not something we earn, just something He gives to us. Now, most of us in this room know that. Most of us in this room probably have known that since we were children. Most of us in this room know the need for people hearing about Jesus so that they could be saved from their sins and have eternal life. Since we know, what keeps us from making Him known? Why aren't we the witnesses that we should be? Well, I think we get distracted, distracted with other things, many times distracted with good things. Not bad things, good things, but we get so busy with those good things that we don't have time to do the most important thing or invest the energy in doing the most important thing. Sometimes we get distracted by conflict. You know, we get stirred up over some little something that's going on in the church and somehow that becomes all-encompassing and we're all dividing up and fighting over it and we're not doing what God wants us to do. We're not doing what is important. Sometimes we don't do it because it's just hard work. It's not easy to be a witness. It takes some work. There was a conference held, put on by one of the state conventions, and they got a pastor of a church that was just really a go-getter when it came to evangelism. And they wanted him to come and speak and, you know, to tell, you know, the Pastors that were gathered, what they could do in their churches to help things get done. And so they helped them to be more evangelistic. And so he came and, you know, he was sitting up on the podium. And the uh, person that was in charge gave him a big introduction. And he got up and he walked to the, the podium and he, he looked at the people. And he turned around and there was a chalkboard behind him. And he picked up a, or a marker board. and He picked up the marker and he wrote, W O R K. And he went and sat out. That's all he did. But it's a good lesson. If we're going to be witnesses, we have to work at it. And a lot of times, we don't work at it. Because we're working at so many other things that we are not being the witness we need to be. Sometimes we don't witness because we'll fear will you know, they might reject me, you know, I'd, I'd feel bad about saying something or, you know, not doing it the right way. Sometimes we get to the place of the church where we don't know a lot of lost people. If we're in the church for years and years and years, you know what happens? Pretty much we have friends who are already believers. I mean, that's who we feel comfortable with. That's who we know. And we don't know as many lost people as we did when we, you know, first came into the faith. Sometimes we have to make a concerted effort to want to be around the people who don't know the Lord. Sometimes we don't witness because we haven't been trained. And sometimes we aren't trained because the church never gets around to offering training in how we're supposed to share our faith. Sometimes we don't witness because we just don't take it seriously. We just don't think about, or we don't want to think about That without Jesus, people are going to hell. It's not something that's comforting. It's something that could be convicting because we know we need to be doing more to make Jesus known. Well, what do we need to do? We need to focus on what's most important. We need to periodically stop and look and say, okay, what are we about? What are we supposed to be doing? What's the most important? What did Jesus tell us to do? And how can we do it? Because if we don't focus on that, we're going to focus on a whole lot of other things. And in focusing on a lot of other things, even those good things, the most important thing gets left off. We need to ask for and receive God's power. Did you notice that Jesus said in these verses, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Simon Peter, Jesus' lead disciple, when the chips were down, denied Jesus. After his resurrection, Jesus restored him. After he was restored, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And when the Holy Spirit came upon him, then he got out and he proclaimed to all who would hear that Jesus was the Christ. He was crucified, that he was raised again, and you could be saved by receiving him. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, not through his personality, not through his preaching, through the power of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 people joined the church in one day. church was birthed that quickly because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in Simon Peter's life. The early church didn't have buildings. They didn't have budgets. They had very few programs. They had a lot of obstacles. But they had the power of the Holy Spirit. And people said of them, they're turning the world upside down because they had the power of the Spirit. First thing that we need if we want to be witnesses is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Open that Spirit. Asking for that Spirit. Letting that Spirit come and fill us and empower us. Jesus said in Luke 11, He was talking about prayer. He said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Ever had a time when you wanted to teach a class? Ever had a time when you wanted to do something for the Lord? Ever had a time when you wanted to share a witness and it just kind of went, didn't get anywhere? Maybe you forgot to ask for the power of the Holy Spirit so that what you were doing, you weren't doing in your own strength, but you were doing in God's strength through His Holy Spirit working in your life. We need to ask for and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to train. You know, there's certain ways to do things. We, we train. You know, my wife was a school teacher. My daughter-in-law was a school teacher. You, you know, guess what? They spent a lot of time training. They had to renew certificates. They had to go to conferences. They had to go to seminars. You know, they had teacher education days during the year. They had to keep on training. We in the church need to keep on training. That's what salt's about. Give us the opportunity to keep on training. But part of our training needs to be, okay, how do I share my faith? How do I strike up a conversation? What scriptures can I use? How can I share my testimony? We have to be trained to do that, do everything effectively we need to do. And then we need to pray. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit. We need to pray for opportunities. We need to pray for those who don't know the Lord. We need to pray that they will come to know the Lord. We need to be People of prayer need to support evangelistic and missionary efforts. That's the heart of it. And if somebody's doing an evangelistic project in our community, if we're having a revival, if we're trying to reach out in some way, we ought to be willing to be a part of it so that we can share the good news. We ought to support mission causes. I was so proud of you as a church, Christmas. You know, you more than doubled what you gave last year for international missions so that the good news of Jesus can be spread around the world. Annie Armstrong's coming up. We'll be setting a goal for that. But it will be a whole lot more than it was last year. Let's double that again because we are seeking to make Jesus known through evangelism and missions. And then we need to act. Remember that old night commercial, Just Do It? I don't know. That, when it comes to evangelism, that's what we need to do. We just need to get out and get busy at doing it. What are the specific things we could do? Have compassion for the lost. Jesus, looked at the multitude. Listen to what he said. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Do you ever look at the crowds and realize they're just running around not knowing where they're going? what they're doing? Do you ever run across a sinner and you just, they're just revulsive in what they're doing and what they're saying and how they're acting? Maybe you get angry. Maybe you get repulsed. Stop and try to have some compassion. Stop and try to remember, unless someone shares Jesus with them, they're going to end up in hell. We need to have compassion on the lost. And genuinely care for them. Now, sharing Jesus begins at home. If you've got children in your home, you need to be sharing Jesus with them. You know, church can't do it all, parents get so concerned about their children and every aspect of their children's lives and they need to, their education, you know, their physical development, their, their social development. You know, they, they've got them in school and they've got them in sports and they've got them in some of the arts and, you know, they need all of these things. But sometimes we let the spiritual things go by the wayside and, hey, that's the part that's going to last. So what do you need to do? You need to exemplify Christ before your children. Let them see Jesus in you. You know, we used to sing that old hymn, let others see Jesus in you. Let your children see Jesus in you. That'd be the hardest place to do that is at home. But we need to do it. Use common items and experiences to teach them. You know, that's what Moses told the children of Israel. You know, when you, you know, Sitting in your home when you're walking down the road, you'll see things. Things will come up. Questions will come up. Just use the everyday experiences of life. Just be thinking how can I make this something spiritual and that will enhance their spiritual development? Pray for their salvation. Scripture says that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. He wants to devour your child. You need to be praying. Your protection around that child and praying that that child will come to salvation. And as you pray about that, you need to tell them how you receive Jesus. They need to know that, hey, you believe in Jesus, and this is why I believe in Jesus. And then be sensitive to their spiritual development. Every child develops differently. I've seen six-year-olds who were ready to receive Jesus. I've seen 12-year-olds who weren't. You've got to be sensitive to your child. You don't want to push them. You don't want to let them get to behind. You seek guidance from the Lord about what they need when so that they can come to know Him. So we have compassion. We begin at home. Then we support what our church is doing. The church is here to reach out. There are some things in our church that are really effective at helping us to reach out. One of them is the children's program we have here. Tammy and the people who work with her, are seeking to bring those children to the place where they have a firm foundation in the faith and a firm foundation for receiving jesus as savior they're not just out to win converts they want to make sure that they really come to know the lord jesus and they need our support and our prayers preschool outreach program that we've started recently parents of preschoolers who don't go to church what an opportunity this community is getting more and more young adults with little children in it. Boy, you're blessed in that. Sometimes when communities change. They don't change that way. This has changed. It's a good change. It gives us an opportunity to reach out, and we need to be supporting that. What about in worship? You know, we need to come to worship. If possible, we need to bring somebody with us to worship. You know, people hear the gospel proclaimed in worship, but if they don't ever get here. Then they don't get to hear it. And it's our responsibility to invite them. Invite them to worship. Invite them to Sunday school. We got a special program, you know, music program, whatever. Invite them. They may come to that and then get comfortable, you know, knowing, oh, okay, that's where that church is. That's where their building is. That's, that's the door I can come in. Hmm, I believe I've met that person before. I could, you know, maybe I can sit with them. It, it just makes it easier for them to come and to feel accepted and to be a part we also, you know, bring them in to worship sometimes by letting them help us in projects, letting us help them in, in some way in ministry. We go out and we meet people's needs, and hopefully that will help bring them in. But sometimes you can get a lost person to help you meet a need, and they start working with a bunch of Christians, and they begin to think, hmm, those guys are different. I wonder why. Maybe I'll come to church. Hmm. We just try to figure out ways to get people in places where they will hear the Word of God proclaimed because God's Word doesn't return to Him void. And if we could share it in some way, if we can get people to hear it in some way, then maybe they'll come. Some specific actions. Have compassion for the lost. You know, that's what Jesus did. He had compassion for those who didn't know. Begin at home, you support what the church is doing. And then share with your the people in the traffic patterns of your life. You know, you work with some people that may need to know the Lord. Maybe you're in school with some people who need to know the Lord. Maybe, you know, you've got to know the, you know, the cashier at the place where you buy gasoline. And maybe they need to know the Lord. You know, where you go? What are you doing? Are you aware that there may be some people there? that need to come to know the Lord and that you can have an opportunity to share with them in some way? During the rest of the service, I want you to think about two things. What can you do? What does the Lord want you to do to be a witness for Him? That's one thing. And then think about something else. What does the Lord want us as a church to focus on? other than running the church, to focus on not just how to run the church, but on how to reach people for the Lord. As we have our offertory, as we have some additional music, think about these things.